the biggest thing is I'm just trapped in fantasy and there's nothing I can do. You know, that's how I was last I have year. No, I have no money to trade. That's how I was. Yeah, what you gonna, hey, what you, yeah. hey, what you going to do? I don't know. I'll tell you what I am going to do, though. I'm going to try to start this thing for real. Hey, what you, hey, what you, for real, what, for real. Hey, what are you going to do? Eh, eh. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Greg's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. That's your resource. If you need some legal advice, especially if you're a motorcycle rider, reach out to Alex Asante. He's been good to us on this podcast, supporting it. Go reach out to bike911.com. Jason Pridmore, that's a website. So what you do is you open up a web browser and then you type in the little address. Then you hit enter. You know what I mean? Thank you. You've done that before? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. What's up? And it's spelled bike911.com. Thanks. Good old Alex, man. Yeah. The best. How you doing, Jason Pridmore? Good, dude. How about you? You been all right? Doing all right. Doing all right. Back in action. Excited that it's race week for us, Moto America, in what looks like a fantastic weather weekend at the Ridge. Are you kidding me, Jason? Have you seen the forecast, I haven't, son? I haven't, but I'm pumped. If it's going to be nice up there, it'll be good. Hopefully, it'll be in those mid-70s to 80 or something like that. And um, 74 degrees and sunny, nice. 75 degrees and sunny, 79 degrees and sunny as a high. Yeah. You better get your buns down to Shelton, Washington and check out the Ridge Motorsports Park. Or actually, you would have to think most of the country's got to get up to Shelton, not down to Shelton. Get up to Shelton. Get up to Shelton. It's a good place to be fun. Hopefully the weather stays good. I'm leaving the night, actually. So I'm going to go up there a little bit early mm. and... uh <laughs> Gonna go up there a little bit early, and then so I'll be up there for a week, and then you know Simon's gonna ride. I think on the Monday after. I think there's an Aprilia day on the Monday after, so Simon's gonna ride. So I'll probably hang out, hang out up there on that Monday at the track day, see some people and that kind of thing, and then uh, then back home. It's gonna be it's gonna be a busy next couple months in the sense of travel and things as it always is, but that's okay. That that's that's, that's hey that's our lives right it now. It is our right? lives, and we're very fortunate. It is yeah, our lives. Fortunate to have it. As for me, JP, yeah, you know, I fly Delta a lot. You do. And I live in the Raleigh area, and Raleigh is a micro hub. It's like Delta's only micro hub currently. Okay. So your boy has got a direct flight to Seattle. Yep. So I get into Seattle Thursday morning on a direct flight, and I will be going to Skookum Archers, which is in, I don't know how you, how you pronounce that, Poyallop, sure. Poyallop, I guess. I'll go with you on it. Yep. It's field archery. It's stunning. They have three 14 target uh, field courses there where you walk through the woods and they're distinctly different. One of them is is like moss and ferns and all this stuff. And they have 14 targets set at different distances through the woods. Then you get up to the second one and it's like up on hills and it's kind of open with like no trees. And then there's a third one that's kind of a combination of the two. And it's it's, it's like $5, Jay. You, you take your $5, oh, wow. you put it in the box. Yeah. It's all like, you know, on the honor system. And then they have other targets out there that like a full range where you can shoot a bunch of different distances in a flat open area. And I absolutely love, love, love being there. So I got in a little bit early on Thursday cool. so I can, you know, you're going to be golfing. I'm bringing the bow out, going to shoot a little bet, little bet, little bet. Yeah. You know? Nice. Yeah. No, it's, that'd be good, man. It's it's nice. I'm going to go up there and see Chuck, Chuck Askin a little bit and hang out with a few. Swing the club, huh? Try to put that little ball in the little holes there. Yeah. A couple friends going to join us up there. Try not to throw your clubs around, have a little decorum. Oh, yeah. No, I'm 
yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I got, I got a couple, well, couple Jason, things coming up, so yeah. try to get ready for him. But I've been sick, man. I've been sick for the last few days. So sorry if I sound a little. Yeah, you sound like tra- you sound bit. like a trash can. Oh, just yeah. Did the old. I don't even know if COVID's a thing anymore. But I took a test because I had one laying around my house. Didn't have it, so that's good. But I've been sick since like last Thursday. So yeah, bummer. Yeah, it just sucks, man. Hey, 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 hey. If I was there, mm-hmm. okay, I'd rub Vicks Vapor Rub on your chest. Thank you. That's how tight we are. Bo- that's how tight that. we are as boys. Yeah, you make me feel you better. Yeah. Love you for yeah, it. Love that's you right. for it, Greg. That's right. Thank you. F. Jeff White. Mm. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. F. Jeff White. Who was at pit race all weekend doing track days, Love by Jeff the way. White. Said it was miserable. Was it? Speaking of miserable tracks and yeah. miserable track days, why don't we get into the news presented by R.I.? Do it. Um, so, hey, go visit AriAmericas.com and check out some of the great helmets that R.I. makes. There's new models out recently. Some that are fantastic. You got all kinds of features, all kinds of benefits, really good helmets, good paint jobs. They have glancing off and things like that. Ryamericas.com, go check it out. All right, Jason. I guess the first and foremost would have to be this 100th running of the Loudon Classic. You watched it. I did not, but I certainly read about it and heard about it. I talked to Josh Hayes, who didn't win the race, and uh, he sent me video of his crash. You and I both were a little bit sketched out about going back to Loudoun. So just kind of tell me what you saw, what your impressions were. Tell me a little bit about the race itself. What I saw? I didn't see anything. Oh, you? how were you? Well, I saw you were. They, they directed you to some. I, I can't believe, honestly, that. I mean, on Road Racing World, it directed you to a website. And it was like a YouTube mm-hmm. thing. And it was just some guy standing mm-hmm. in pit lane. Which, you know. Oh, is that it? Yeah, which oh, okay. was great. I mean, it was good. I mean, the, the guy did that. I mean, he just, but basically, he was just standing in pit lane, talking to some other guy the whole time. And all they were doing was, I mean, there was nothing like you couldn't, you couldn't see the race. There was no cameras or nothing like that. Like, as far as, oh, okay. There was a guy with, on pit lane just talking about the race. And it looked like Loudon 1982, same shit as it used to be, pouring rain or raining. And then they have like there's a twenty lap feature, and they had ten red flags. That's ten red flags. Yeah, nine or ten. Oh. I think there were ten starts or eleven starts. I don't even like. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. But that's. I mean, so honestly, does, does, how do we does, really comment? Doesn't on, look like things changed much up there. It didn't. I mean, congratulations to those that survived the race and you know didn't fall down. I mean. $55,000 to the winner, Ty Scott okay. and the yeah. Vision Wheel and 4X Star Suzuki team. I mean, that's great. And uh, let's see who finished. Blake Davis finished second on that N2 bike. Was that what he was on? Yeah, but they kept on calling and him then, Michael Gilbert for the whole time that this guy was calling Blake Davis Michael Gilbert. Then there's like a boy. little comment thing on the right side. Mm-hmm. Kyle had talked about, can somebody please tell whoever's commentating that it's Blake Davis? And then Michael Gilbert's chiming in that, I wish I was there in second place collecting whatever. I'm in California at a coffee. $33,000. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, PJ Jacobson, who normally races for Titler Cycles, ends up racing for Warhorse HSBK Racing, and he ends up in third place. He collects 25K. He crashed. Brandon Posh. He's the one that brought the last red flag out. Oh, okay. He crashed and finished third. Brandon Posh ended up fourth at 17K. Eli Block, remember Eli, Uh, $13,500 in fifth place. Shane Narbonne in sixth. Mesa in seventh. Teague Hobbs on back through the list. Really, Ben Glotty, you know, Max Flinders was 13th. 
<coughs> excuse me, 4,500 bucks. Lent Ben Glotti in the mix. Escalante crashed, still earned himself $3,200. So great. Uh, great. Josh Hayes ended up 29th. Jana crashed and got a grand. So, yeah. so look, this isn't a knock against the people that put the money together. I don't know where the money came from. Do you? No, I don't know where the money. So I mean, congrats on putting together a hell of a purse for everybody. And this isn't a knock against the people that went up there to do the race either. I mean, congrats to all everybody. Um, But I mean, the the venue itself just sucks. Like no matter what anybody says, there's a local group up there that just think that Loudon is the greatest thing that ever ever happened. And sadly, it's it's just not. It's I mean. You can't have a track where you have 10 red flags in 20 lap race. You know, obviously racing in the rain up there is something that was a contentious point at best, you know, back in the day and it still is no good. So it's like, I'm glad I am just glad that nobody got seriously hurt. Like that was the big thing. Yes. Nobody got seriously hurt that I could understand. I could see, or I've heard of since. Um, I'm just bummed that, you know, you got a place like Loudon that has a lot of history and I love that fact, but it would be great if there was something that they could do or figure out a way to make the track better or safer or whatever. So you can have a race there. I mean, legitimately, it's it's just about the racetrack itself. Um, the people up there are passionate. I love that. Uh, they they want to see an event in their area. And like that place, when I was a kid, the Loudon Classic back when I was a kid, my dad was racing. It was huge event and it was a great event, different racetrack than the, than we have now. And back when you and I were racing, the there was there would still get a lot of people, and I loved how oh, yeah. enthusiastic that Northeast is. I mean, they love it, but the track is just not conducive to a big event. It just isn't, and it's it just kind of got proven again in 2023 that the track is not capable of being safe enough to really run a great event. Yeah, I mean, what else are you gonna do? What else are you really gonna say? Yeah, it's um, I mean, the biggest thing for me is just like you're saying, I'm just happy that everybody made it out, you know? Yep. All right. Well, I mean, I really don't have any other news items that really come to mind at the moment. Do you No, because you and I decided to bang this podcast out on a Monday because of our travel schedules and stuff. So we didn't do a rundown, but um, well, we could talk about the 24 hour. Why don't we talk about the uh, the spot 24 hour race? That happened, Jay. 572 laps at Spa. And Spa is long. Okay. Two, two minute and 21 second laps. So you kind of have the, you know, I mean, I've been there before and it's, it, it feels longer than Road America, I guess, yeah. probably just because I wasn't familiar with it. But Yart ends up winning. So Yamaha wins with 572 laps in the book. Then you had, uh, see, I didn't, yeah, that's, that's right. Right. Then TSR Honda. Ends up with 571. Then you had BMW World Endurance Team in third. Okay. Then you had Yosh, Cert. And then you had Kawasaki We Bike Trickstar. Yeah. So you had Yamaha, Honda, BMW, Suzuki, Kawasaki. Wow. I love that. The spread, though, what it was 11 laps. Yeah. Like the, the KM99 bike on the Yamaha was in sixth place. They were 11 laps down. So 10, 10 laps between the top. Um, but you never had a chance to ride that team, uh, ride no. it, right? Just, I would love to. It looks so great. That place looks amazing. So yeah, that would be a, a cool place to go ride. But not and never I think, there. and I think, like our boy, um, 
Chavi Forez, I believe he's on the number six bike, the ERC Endurance Ducati yes. team. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately for them, they only made it like 80 laps. Oh, they did. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was a crash. But or they, a you know, they had a 223 what? as a fastest lap. Yeah, I'm not really really sure what happened, but we'll get to talk. Well, to laps got to be longer there than back. Road America. They got to be longer because it's like 10 seconds longer, lap time wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it is definitely longer. Yeah, and it's it's pretty fast. Yeah, it, there are some sections where you really slow down, like back in the stadium section, okay. and it was really cool to have a conversation with Chavi about it because I was telling him the stuff I remember and he said oh yeah they fixed that moved that back and they moved this over and done all this kind of stuff so and it's just a little details you know like I think I told you this before when you go into the stadium section you would take the right hander that would take you down the hill to the start finish yeah. line the 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 mountain was was right there and you know these are three public roads from different regions that they make a racetrack all summer long so there's just a white line on the outside edge of the track and they were like, if you cross that white line, you get a time penalty. Or if you cross it, it's a warning. If you cross it a second time, you get like a five-second penalty or whatever. And that was the way to deter people from slamming into the wall. Yeah. And it was like, Oof, if you lost your brakes going in there, because you were kind of coming out of a chicane, ripping down a little short straightaway in between some grandstands, hard on the brakes, right-hand corner. I would say, Jay, probably 110-degree-ish right-hander. Yep. Then to another stadium section down the big hill, you know, the famous bottom where you G out and all that stuff. And uh, he said that they moved that whole area back and there's runoff there and things like that. But uh, it'll be nice to talk to him about his experience. I know that he was, I saw the video on his Instagram. He was on the bike yeah. at some point anyway today and so or, or during the race. But uh, I mean, Jay, 36 bikes, 36 bikes in World Endurance. Yeah. Man, and, that's a and there's a lot of people that are going to race for 24 hours. There's a lot of factory connections there, you know? So Spa is 6.985 kilometers long. Um. So wow. Jay, off the top of your head, how many miles is that? <laughs> it's got to be. Is it four and a half, four point two or three miles? Hey Siri, what's six point nine eight five kilometers in miles? It's four point three four miles. Four point three. Yeah. So I went two point three four. Um. Yeah. Anyway, did you get to see any of it? I don't know. Yeah, if there I was, saw. I I'm just sure it was streaming. I watched a little bit of it. I know Steve English was on the call a little bit, so I watched. I you know I got to hear some of that. So I, I didn't get to hear some of that, but he told me a little bit about it while he was uh, while he was doing it, just talking about the the race. So yeah, I mean, spas looks like a great place to go. So yeah, but all right. Well, there's your news presented by Arai. So the boys were in uh, in Saxon Ring this weekend. A lot of things, man. A lot of things to talk about. Like I think with with <laughs> MotoGP and Saxon Ring and all that. Um, weather looked pretty good there for the weekend for those guys. They had a little bit of damp. A little bit of uh, rain, but nothing that really affected the races. And Jorge Martin went in and dominated the weekend, which is uh, pretty cool to see. He uh, ends up winning the sprint race, and he won the main race. Bagnaya was second in both of them again. So I think for Jorge Martin, I you know just talking about that real quick. Um, when you look at the when you look at the the sprint race, Greg, I think that everybody kind of thought you know these sprint races usually. They will play out a little bit different sometimes, you know, although Bagnaia has won both this year at, at uh, Portugal. Um, Martin wins over Bagnaia and Jack Miller, third. Marini, Zarco, who continues to impress and doesn't get really that much credit for it, I think. Binder, Bedzecki, Alex Marquez, Aleish, and Bastianini ended up 10th, with Mark Marquez in 11th, who we'll talk about here in a minute. I mean, look, 
Yamaha's again 13th and 15th. It's kind of it's a little bit of the same story right now. The only other manufacturer that's battling with Ducati is KTM. And they're doing a great job is KTM. Obviously, they're doing it was a, a bummer to see the mistake made um, there by Binder. But did, did you get to watch both races? Yes, I certainly did. All right. Well, in in the in the Grand Prix, it was Martin Bagnaia. Zarco ends up third in this one with Bedzecki a strong fourth again, and Marini, who continues to do really well. That team just looks like they're you know they work really well together. The whole VR forty six team. Miller ends up sixth. Marquez Alex that is Alex Marquez seventh. Bastian is eighth. The Giantonio ninth. Who I believe I the Giantonio had good runs here in the past, so it just is a track that suits him. Oliveira, Augusto Fernandez, Morbidelli, and Quattararo, 12th and 13th, Greg. Morbidelli beats Quattararo mm. again, and he beat him by three seconds, almost three seconds. Nakagami, Raul Fernandez. What, what's, what are your biggest – I guess I guess the best thing to do is, is what's your takeaways from this, this race? I think Jorge Martin right now is a leader for race crafter of the year, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. I think the last two laps – the way Martin, it was almost like he had eyes in the back of his head. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he just blocked blinds at the perfect time. Yeah. And it's like he understood Pecco's strengths on the, like he understood the Ducati and he understood Pecco's strengths. And I thought he did a masterful job of parking it in certain places. I think if you look at the top nine, nine, eight Ducatis in the top nine with one KTM in the middle, Jack Miller. It's what what a incredible feat for Ducati. I think this is pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. And to have uh, Jack Miller racing, you know, with Luca Marini, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. So that was it. I also I also was impressed. Second takeaway is is Bagnaya. Okay. He didn't do something stupid on the last lap. Yeah. He he he, he contacted Martin, but it wasn't. It looked like more of a shock to Bagnaya than it looked like a save. When they when they connected in the last corner, heading to the last lap, right? And I thought, okay, you know, but that was it. He, I knew exactly what Bagnaya was doing. You knew exactly what Bagnaya yeah. was doing. He needed to try to set something up because if you watch Martin go into that whole turn one section, there was an opportunity for Bagnaya to slip underneath Martin, but it was so hard to pass the guy around the race. I yeah. mean, really, really yeah. difficult. And I guess the other takeaway, really, for me that stands out is is that Johan Zarco is doing a great job, but he needs laps. He can't do it in a sprint race right now. He needs laps. He needs to recover from a bad start, and he just needs other people to slow down while he keeps speeding up, and that was impressive. No Mark Mark Marquez because he got hurt. He's broken finger again. And, you know, the other thing is, what is going on with Vinales? But I'm tired of talking about him. So, And he's on my fantasy team, so he's killing me. I don't know if it's bad luck or whatever. He comes in with a smoking bike and all that kind of stuff. Um, that, that I would say probably are my biggest takeaways that kind of stand out. What about you? Well, Martin to me is amazing right now. He's riding well, obviously chip on his shoulder from not getting the factory seat last year. Bastianini, as we know, got hurt because of Marquez at the beginning of the year and is kind of slowly getting himself back into race, race fitness, I think. And I think that after the summer break, he'll be better. That's to be seen. Uh, because he's, you know, where did he end up in the, in the, I'm looking right now, actually at the Grand Prix, he was 14.8 seconds behind the winner. So it was Bastianini. So got to give him a little bit of leeway. Zarco to me is incredible and probably not getting enough credit. They're talking about, 
They're talking about moving Bedzeki over to the Pramac team, which would probably mean Zarko, whatever, whatever happens to Zarko, happens to Zarko. Um, which is interesting to me because Zarko, I feel like he's doing a great job. I mean, he's on the podium. He's fourth or fifth in the championship, um, deserves the seat. It would be nice to see him be able to go off with the leaders at the beginning rather than have to keep on picking through everybody at the end. But that's kind of what has been his MO. But Zeki put in another strong performance on the weekend. I I think the talking point with Marquez is this. I mean, Greg, when is it that you say, okay, if Mark Marquez hasn't accomplished all the things that he has accomplished <laughs> in the past, mm-hmm. we'd be talking about this guy like we probably wouldn't be giving him any credit at all. Um, I appreciate his drive. He's, it's incredible. Like his drive and determination being who he is and how much he's accomplished already in his life to still be able to want to hang it on the line like he does is incredible. But he crashed five times. I mean, he crashed five times uh, in a weekend. And I sit there and I say to myself, like the last one he did, Nakagami was behind him. And I don't know if you saw that interview. Did you see the interview? With Nakagami. Yeah, where Nakagami yeah, says... Yeah, where Nakagami said, like, I have no idea, and that's troubling to me. Mark didn't really do anything. Like, he didn't really do anything, and and he wanted himself. <clears throat> um, you know, the problem the problem is is that when you crash five times, I don't care how bad the bike is, you have to take a little bit of some of the responsibility yourself. You have to. You have to go, okay, I need to stop, because whatever I'm doing isn't working, and... The problem is I don't want to see the guy get really, really hurt. And you saw the whole one, the big one with him and Zarko. Yeah. You know? So there's two ways of looking at that to me. I looked at it like it was strictly one of those things where a little bit of bad timing is all it was. was mm-hmm. Somebody was getting on the racetrack, and even if you're looking down that way, you're looking down there, you're not expecting someone to hurl a bike at you. And it's not Marquez's <laughs> fault because he crashed. I mean – we saw a number of guys go off and turn one this weekend. We saw it, and he was trying to get a lap in right at the end of qualifying, and he was chasing his brother. He had he had created that. There was that nice little gap between him and Alex, and he was probably using his brother as a toe, and he got down into turn one, and, and Zarko, who has every right to get on the racetrack himself, probably could have used a little bit more um, judgment in the sense that, okay, there's a bunch of bikes coming my way. But, you know, Greg, you're getting on the racetrack. You're looking back down there. You're seeing who's coming, and you're not expecting a bike to get hurled your way. Um, what was weird to me is that Marquez, after he wads himself and sees that he's cleaned out Zarco, doesn't really check on Zarco at all. Like it's there's a human factor there where you you at least need to go make sure the guy's like okay. And and yeah. in the press conference, he was super uh, not press conference, but the interview I saw with him, he was very. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Like, quick to say, oh, that Zarko screw up. It's Zarko's this. And I'm thinking to myself, like, hold on. Like, Zarko was just getting on the racetrack. And yeah, he probably could have been a little bit more careful. And I get all that. But I wouldn't really point at Zarko as the bad person in this particular case. Or the, the, I'm pointing blame at why. Like, in other words, I hurled my bike at the guy. And yeah, it, I, it sucked. But he kind of made it look like like it was Zarko's this issue, you know, like, yeah, it's, it was a weird it's deal a to me. Position. It was just a weird deal to me. I'm not making excuses for Mark, mm. but I, but I understand he's, the dude's probably frustrated. Correct. You know, it's a really tough position. Yep. 
and he is a human being. He's not a perfect dude, but yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, have you been to this track before? I have haven't. Been to Saxon I haven't. It's so much steeper than people can see on TV. Yep. And I understand why a lot of people are launching it into turn one. I actually think if you rode this track, this would be a Jason Pridmore track. Yeah. You love like the up and down, you know, the, the the type of like weird cambers that you that you have to deal with when you're completely leaned over. You would really, really enjoy the track. But it's shocking, especially when you go around the ring road, how steep this place is. And when I was there in 2008 doing uh, like commentating for CBS, our TV compound, Jason, was down one of the hills and i think there were just some astronomical number of steps to get to the paddock like a hundred steps like literally wooden steps that oh, we had like to climb up this like, hill okay. to get to the paddock yeah it's just steep steep like it's it's gnarly okay. and you know it's it's whenever i see like some of the riders like going wide and stuff like i saw bender you know before he crashed out of the, the feature race kind of going wide in some places and i just keep thinking to myself like not not only are you out on a dirty part of the racetrack, but you're also out on a part of a racetrack where you're going to run into cambers yeah. that you haven't run into before because the track will fall away or a peak or something like that. So people, I don't think, really get how tricky that track can be. Yeah. And when you add the fact that this Honda has no feeling on the front, this is this is a track where you need, <sighs> in my opinion, you need a lot of front feel, a lot of it. What are they going to do? And the fact that this... I think that something big is going to happen. You know, I think Ken, who's, you know, from Suzuki, is now at Honda. We have Aston next. And then you have a, a month, an entire month summer break. So I am sure that Honda is knee-deep right now in creating a new chassis and creating new geometry. It, it's not that steep of a puzzle to figure out. The only, you know, factor that's going to be, like, the, the biggest piece of the puzzle is you can't change the motor, right? The motor is locked in. So if there's an engine design that is holding the bike back from a certain center of gravity or being able to move it front to back or whatever it is, then they're stuck. But if the engine design is one of which they can take that V4 and they can change the frame to really do some things with it that are going to make sense, then I think you can see some big improvements or you're stuck with it for the entire year. Well, I mean, so I, I think it's all going to be based on how you can position the engine. You got no riders. Everybody's hurt. Like, yeah, that's true. What's crazy to me is like, it blows me away that Honda's in the position that they're in. I feel bad for Marquez, but the thing is, is that you can't keep going and doing the same thing over and over. Every time the kid pushes, he's on his head through no fault yeah. of his own. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't fall through fault, but you know, like if you look at, there's a couple of them where you're just like, wow, like he didn't really do a lot there to like the punishment doesn't really fit the crime, you know? And, yeah. and I mean, look, to crash five times in one weekend, that is, and never even really, and never make it to the race. At a track where you've won 12 I mean, times or whatever. On. Like, come how on, bad man. is the thing, right? And then you look at Renz yeah. who's in the hospital. Mirror, Mirror's, if I'm Mirror, I'm staying home as long as I can. I don't want to get on that thing, <laughs> right? And Nakagami I'm is. I'm staying with my parents after college as long as I can. Nakagami's yeah. scared out of his mind to it, probably. I mean, the thing is, is right now, if you're jumping on a Honda, it's. I mean, yeah, it's not good, is it? That that's it right there. Literally, you just said it. If I'm jumping on a Honda, yeah, I mean, that's really the end of the statement. Well, especially like, at the level those lost. guys are at. It's one thing if they let you and I go do a few laps on them, we're going to roll around yeah. forty seconds off the pace. But it's it's another thing when you're when you're pushing, 
And the thing is, is that they're not, when I say when they're pushing, they're not really close. Like, it's not like they're doing the same times as a Ducati. I mean, the, the guy qualified, seven, what did Marquez qualify? Seventh, I think, after crashing twice in, in mm-hmm. qualifying one and two. It's like, it's pretty incredible. And... I mean, did you ever think we'd live to see the day where we say the Honda's the worst bike in the I paddock? Never. And it's the it's, I, it is the worst bike. Look, it's faster than a Yamaha, without question. But if it can't finish races, but it's then it's it's it, not as good of a bike. It's like a danger. It's almost like a dangerous bike for those guys to ride. And anybody who gets on. Well, if I said to you, Jason, you get to go around, pick a track, Saxon yeah. Ring, Brno, and I said pick the Yamaha or pick the Honda, and you get all day to ride it. I'm taking what the bike Yamaha would you ride? all day. It's not even me a too because I don't want to crash their stuff. Well, the Yamaha to yeah. me, I mean, they're just as bad of a. I mean, like I saw Quadraro's comments about, you know, he he, he appreciates the now bravery. <laughs> well, he appreciates the bravery of Marquez, but the more he keeps going down that path, he's going to get injured, and that's the truth. I mean, Marquez has already come back from this serious, serious injury, and there's been virtually nothing done with the motorcycle, and you know now you now you go back and you start thinking to yourself like. The bike really hasn't advanced at all in the last four years, three years, like at all. Um, yeah, it's gone backwards. I yeah, think. gone backwards. And the Yamaha, same thing. I mean, now, now Morbidelli's back there beating Quattararo, and some of that you have to think of is no matter how much a guy tries to tell you how much he's into it, Quattararo's got to be like, I mean, what happens if? Not that it could happen, but what happens if like? Quadraro moves on and Marquez moves on to other bikes. I mean, Yamaha and Honda basically have no programs right now. That's a scary fact. You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see Mark Marquez go to Aprilia. And I'd like to see... Hmm, who were you just talking to? Talking about? Marquez and Quadraro. Quart on a Ducati. Yeah. Look, the thing is, is that he's not going to be a factory seat. That's the problem. If Quart ever went to Ducati, you'd have to start a, at a Pramac. Or, yeah, but he's not going to do that. I don't not think as a world champion. He's not going to do that. No, that's what I'm saying. He's I not going to do that. The thing you got to remember. It's tough. Yeah. There's only one contract up, right? The only the only thing that people are talking about right now is DG Antonio, possibly. Well, talking and about then a, what's more Bidelli going to do? Acosta coming up. But I mean, who wants to go get on a Yamaha? Anybody from Moto 2, who wants to go do that? I, I mean, Yamaha's got to do a revamp. Mm-hmm. Honda's got to do a revamp. They're like, they're just not close. And the KTM is the closest. And I mean, Aprilia has fallen off the boil a little bit as far as that goes. And um, yeah. did you see Jack Miller's comments afterwards? No, I, I saw he told people to, to stop fucking whining or something. Is that what it was? Yeah, but he's basically saying it's easy, was that, was easy that to that say that your bike is shit and then do nothing. If that's the case, it's their fault that they sent away 99% of the engineers to replace them with their own men. So I'm looking at that and I'm thinking... This is, this is the headline. It says three hours ago they posted on MotoGP.com. Yeah. Quote, unquote, shut the fuck up. Miller calls out <laughs> moaning rivals. It's pretty good. <laughs> Although they didn't actually say the F word. They just had two asterisks. But you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> yeah. So I haven't read that article yet, but I, I'm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, Jack. Jack is Jack. I, you know, person. We've never. I mean, I've met him before. Like, hey, how you doing? Kind of thing. I think I've talked to him before. Like, interviewed him and things. Yeah. But I don't know him. Know him like yeah. Chad Reed and those guys. But he's the type of guy that I would love to hang out with. Does he make mistakes on the bike? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, how about Miller's first lap? I mean, listen, not to bag on the commentators. I'm sure they were looking at something else. But Miller almost crashed his brains out. 
going into turn one on after the first full lap and then drop back to like fourth or fifth. Yeah. And those guys didn't even didn't see it. it. And I was just sitting there yeah, going like, yeah, they didn't get, they didn't catch it. But I was just like, uh oh, right. He had a great start. I mean, the, the KTM starts like a bat out of hell. Yeah. It's a good, good launching motorcycle. But anyway, we'll see what happens at the next one. I mean, you know, Bagnaya said after the race, Jay, that he just hopes that Aston's dry because it is the best track when it's dry. He loves it. It's his favorite track, he said. So, and the Ducati goes really well there. Yeah. What are the chances Aston's going to be dry all weekend, though? Uh, about as much as France being dry. It seems like it so, always yeah. rains there. Um, but I mean, Martin now. Even if the forecast is good, it listen, the forecast right now is 75 degrees and sunny Friday. Yeah. 78 degrees and, you know, like partly cloudy on Saturday. Yeah. And 83 degrees and oh, partly wow. cloudy on Sunday. So it looks amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. So fingers crossed because I have no idea. Like I'm not diving into it. It's just kind of looking at it on how, you know, what the details are on that one. But if that's the case and it's an all dry ass and I'll look forward to that. I will too. I want to see what bikes, you know, cause it's a diff- totally different type of racetrack. Well, the sprint race there is going to be gnarly. Oh, yeah. It's not a very wide racetrack. I've raced Assen. It's a cool place. Um, a bunch of years ago I was there, but uh, it's, it's not very wide. It's super flowy um fast like it's a fast flowing track so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see who does what there um i, I you know again <clears throat> i was a little bummed to see bender fall that was that was a weird one like that was one that looked like he could have got hurt because it looked like it kind of bucked him up out of the seat and he was running off the track and then it high sided him off the inside but onto the end of the gravel which always scares me um but that was it that was the only non-finisher in the premier race. Yeah. I mean, Vinales didn't because of motor or whatever it was, but Binder was the only one who crashed. I was actually pretty impressed with the rest of the field. Yeah, but if he does, if he's healthy, he'll be he'll be good there. Mm-hmm. At Aston, yeah, yeah, I think he'll be sure. good there. KTM's, I think KTM's KTM should be pretty well Aspen. there. You know, Aprilia is like you said, Vinales is the he's like the most he's got the biggest question marks around him all the time. Always shows speed, never really gets results. Um, and like, where do they go from there with him? Is he on a one year? Is he is he done at the end of this year, or is he? St- no, he's got a two, he's got a two year. Yeah. That's the thing. So it's like weird. there's no seats. And and if I'm a Prilia, and I'm uh, right now, I am just <laughs> I'm knocking on the door of you know of Mark Marquez, going, hey, anybody home? How much? Wow. And what Aprilia, you do, Prilia? I don't think we're gonna do that. I think I could see him on a. It's the Red Bull thing, right? KTM thing would work. I think for. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Who knows? It's yeah. it's pretty wild to think about. But um KTM, him on a KTM. Yeah. But Jay, there was more, there was good. Ah. I mean, Moto 3 was great. Moto 3 last lap was, was good. You know, yep. Moto Moto 2 was good for second place on the last lap. You want to get into that yeah, a little bit? Acosta wins. Wasn't even as close as it, you know, 2.7, it says, but it looked like it was more than that. Jake Dixon mm-hmm. ran down Arbolino at the end, and uh, Arbolino ended up, ended up getting second over Dixon, who was charging at the end. Chantra, Lopez, Gonzalez, Sam Lowe's, Aldegar, Arenas, and Viete are top 10. Um, you know, and then, I mean, look, it was actually a pretty boring Moto 2 race, to be fair. Mm-hmm. From about, well, from Sam back to Vietti in 10th, that was a good battle that we never really saw. 
Then you had Garcia, Baltus, Salich, Agura, who's just, I guess he's just, he's just got injuries, Greg. Uh, your boy, Agura. And Fagia ended up even further back. STK was, he got himself through to Q2 right off the bat in the weekend and ends up finishing 17th. And his teammate Skinner's still out. Uh, Joe Roberts ended up crashing out early. Not really sure why. No, it was late. It was late, I think, was it? wasn't it? Was it still like yeah, seven, it was, it says seven he, laps, but. Um, I think he had, is that seven laps to go? Mm. Yeah. It could be. Yep. I think it's seven laps to go is, is, is like he was down seven laps. Yeah. Darren Bender's completely unlucky. Like he is, he's got taken out the last two Grand Prix, but Acosta right now is kind of wins at Magello, wins here off to Saxon ring. He's put some pretty big demands up there that I think KTM's got, but to the end of the month to decide what they're going to do with him. I don't know the exact date, but it's like, if you guys want me, I'm here. If not, I'm going to be looking at other offers, other deals, other places to go. Um, where I mean, fair play, I guess you know he's he's ready to yeah. go do MotoGP. He wants to win this championship, which <clears throat> he's not even leading this championship right now. Arbelino's still leading it, I think, by fifteen points. And on to Moto three, right? Yep. Yeah. Dennis Anju gets his first win over Sasaki, zero nine five point zero nine five, the margin of victory on a last corner. So last good. lap pass. It was really good. You could feel the tension on the last lap. I have to give Anju a lot of credit. He has been a bit of a bowling ball at yep. times. Yep. But he was relatively patient. Looked like he had played it to perfection. And he sent it up the inside of Sasaki. Sasaki, the door was open, but but not like he didn't like give the race away. Right. Anju lunged for it, made it stick, and drove it up the hill to the finish line. I thought it was a really good race, and you know, I think about the right time. He's been through some growing pains on you. Now, for Halgado, he ends up in third place with uh, Ortola. So this wasn't really the you know your typical prototype uh, seven, eight, nine riders going to the finish line, but there were groups in fifth. You had Alonzo, Masia, Marrera, Yamanaka, and Nepa. They were all in a group with. Uh, who is it? Forsato right there in the yep. mix, Artigas and all that stuff. So on back through the field. So a very entertaining race, but just a different race, I think. And again, only two non-finishers in that pretty good. Race. Yeah. And it's yeah. 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 So I liked it. It's easier to follow for sure. Yeah. It's easier to follow and it's less like, uh, uh, you know, like tense or, or less like my heart's going to explode when it's only two riders to the end. You know? I agree with you. I'll tell you what, though. I watch MotoGP right now on those sprint races, and I get like mm -hmm. I get anxiety. I get nervous. They have a Moto3 vibe to it. They them. do. It's, it's still – I mean, it settled down from the first one. The first one was an absolute disaster. At Portugal, but, yeah. Yeah, but it's still, it's still very high tense. It is, and now. it's going to be like that, I think. I think certain tracks, it's not as gnarly, but even at Mugello, it was like the first couple laps of the sprint race at – Magello and MotoGP, I was freaking out. And I'm like, this is just like watching Moto3. It's really weird to see a Moto3 race where you got the first two guys out, out in front by 12 seconds. I mean, they, they Anchu and Sasaki were head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, mm -hmm. they were gone. And that's pretty wild because you go like third and fourth were close together. And then fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. Uh, yeah, they were all together. So basically from fifth all the way back were you know to 11th were all really 
in that big battle. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it'll be again. Assen will be another crazy Moto Three race, and I think it'll be the same. In I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Moto Two just doesn't Last really seem finish. to have it this year. But Moto GP and Moto Three are are really gnarly. Yeah, agreed. Last really year, there were five riders to the finish line yeah. in Assen, but this year, I think it could be absolutely more. But Sasaki ended up winning last year, so we'll see if he's able to do it again in Assen. Yep. Yep. What, who won? Let's see. Who won MotoGP last year? What? It was Pecco by... Oh, yeah, that's right. It was the Pecco uh, Marco Bedzecki race, and Pecco ended up beating Bedzecki last year at Assen by four tenths of a second. Vinales was third, Jay. This is what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah, Vinales right. was third. Alicia Spargaro fourth. Do you remember Alish? Alish got punted early, remember? And he was like, fell yep. way back and like was coming through the field. So this is going to be a good test for Aprilia to see really where they are and to see if it's, you know, the bike or, you know, like what's going on with their riders and all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Um. So Pro Motocross had a race, Jay. I, I got it up. Weekend. Did you watch it? I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I mean, I saw the results and I was like, okay. Yeah, I watched it. So. Um, I mean, uh, Jet again dominated. Um, when I say dominated, Ken Roxon brought it to him. Ken Roxon you know, kicked his old boots on back back on this weekend, decided to come and ride, and he led nearly the whole first moto, and then um, got past and stalled, and then had to you know kickstart Kenny. Had to sit there and on the side of the track, kickstarting his bike. Actually, in the kickstart Kenny in the middle of the racetrack, mm-hmm. trying to kick it. Um, and then same in the second, Roxon took off and was leading, but Jet's got so much, A, he's got pace and he's got fitness, which are just like killers for everybody. Cause Jet fell down early in the first moto or second moto and went backwards. But anyways, he keeps his winning streak alive. He has not lost a moto this year. It was Jet Lawrence, Roxon, Cian Cirillo was third on the day. Um, he ended up, uh, fourth in the first moto, second in the second moto. And then Ferrandez. How about Garrett Marchbanks, Jay? Yeah. Second in the first yeah, moto. Rode awesome. Incredible. Yeah, he rode. Yeah. He rode a he rode amazing. Um Ty Master pull up there again. Plessinger, eighth yeah. overall. Harlan and Drake. And then then uh and then in the two fifty class, Hunter Lawrence wins that one, which was pretty wild to like yeah, it was it was pretty wild because he ends up going three one. RJ Hampshire went one seven. RJ crashed in the second moto and was like DFL, like way back. Uh, mm. Deegan was third. Uh, Shimoto, Viali, Hymas, uh, DeFrancesco, Swole, Kitchen, and Volan rounded out the top 10. Volan actually rode really well uh, two weekends in a row now, but he ended up 12th in the second moto here, and that kind of hurt him. So, uh, yeah, the Lawrence boys leading the championships in both in that regard. They certainly are. What about MotoGP boy, Fantasy? Oh boy. Yeah, let's talk about MotoGP Fantasy. So Team Rhino leads the way. 199.25 points in the last zero. Zero boost left. Oh, wow. Okay. Then TB Simmons, 133 in second place. Red Spade Racing in wow, third spot, Jason, with still two turbos left. Team Chow in fourth and Kingfisher in fifth. JP43 sponsor me in eighth place, nice just behind 190 Racing, AMA Someday 91, Warhammer, and then JR12 Racing in the mix. 
I am absolutely stinking it up because I am trapped. What place are you in absolutely right now? trapped. 158th mm. position. I am so screwed. I'm stuck with Cressini Racing, and they stink. I'm stuck with – like, my mistake was I, I knew that I should have moved Luca Marini into gold and Alex Marquez into silver. Okay. And I thought I did it, but I never hit save. So when I opened it up, you know, Marini would have gotten me another 13 points, uh, you know, than, than what I actually scored, where he would have been – he's worth 26 and a half points, where Alex was worth 16 gold. So – you know, I I don't know what to do. I mean, I could try to get rid of Ducati as a constructor and take some of that money and then dump like Maverick, who got me one point five points. Yeah. So Mavericks. I have one good rider, Pecco, and then I have three riders, two riders that are so so, and I've just got a full blown turd. How'd you end up doing? Dude, I'm on a I'm on a war path right now. I remember I was 328th, like three Grand Prix ago, four Grand Prix ago. Mm-hmm. I'm up to two hundred and eighteenth now. And I had a big weekend. I had a good weekend. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm stoked with. I mean, I'm two. I look 218th is nothing to be happy about. But I haven't used any turbos. <laughs> I'm on my way forward. I'm hunting you down. I'm trying to find you up there ahead of me. And I'm gonna. I gotta just keep going. But but I've I'm gained like a hundred places in the last three weeks probably. So uh, now I gotta just not botch it up. I gotta figure out a way to not screw it up, G Dub. Yeah, right. my riders are actually worth some money now too, which is good. So, yeah the the one guy I got on my team right now it's a bit of a question mark is Alex Marquez, but everybody else I'm yeah I got Martin and Benzeki as my golds, Marini and Marquez. I mean your is team is silver. worth a decent amount of money. They are. It's worth seventeen point seven. Yeah. So if you go to the if you go to MotoGP fantasy.motogp.com what's on what's on the line of course is the winner of this league at the end of the year is going to get themselves an Arai helmet and you're going to get a set of Dunlop Q5s that's right second place will get Q5s third place will get Q5 pluses okay and then of course somebody who we still haven't decided yet is going to win a day with Jason Pridmore one-on-one training and Chuck Walla probably right Chuck Walla out in this in the uh in during the winter time but if you go to MotoGP Fantasy, or if you go to fantasy.motogp.com and you search for leagues in Greg's Garage Pod with Jason Pridmore, it's like W slash Jason Pridmore, and you type JP, there's five JPs. Is it really? So in eighth place is JP43 Sponsor Me, yeah. right? In 109th place is JP Steals Greg's Donuts. <laughs> okay, good. props to that. Good. I like that. JP and Greg hold hands, which we've seen before. Yeah, JP, love that. And that's in 134th place. You're in... Th- fourth place of the jps at 218th and then of course they're in 230th right on hot on your heels is beat jp 43 yeah so they're struggling that's who i gotta beat they only scored one that's one i gotta beat all yeah. the time so yeah so let's take a look at your team you had jorge martin see the oh, yeah. and and marco then you had luca and alex yeah. but you have the mooney vr 46 team yeah that's that's getting you some good points i mean i, I like the moves you've been making i'm very 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 upset but what are we gonna do wait what are you gonna do you the weekend. What are you gonna do? So, yeah, hundred. I, I just hate seeing red arrows pointing down. I'm twelve thousand twenty fifth ranked in 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 MotoGP worldwide, and I'm nine hundred fifty third in the states. Uh, Keep in mind, just a year ago, I finished second in this league, and I'm really, really? struggling. And uh, I won Uncle Skips this week too, so that was a good one. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm not playing that. I need to come back in that. I got so I got kicked out because I didn't. Your participation levels. I wasn't. <laughs> yes. I'm 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 pretty sad. Yeah. But um, well. All right. So next week, Assen, and let's talk about Moto America: The Ridge. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's preview that a little bit. So we got that coming up. And you know, this is why a lot of people tune in. They want to hear us, Jason. We're going to the Ridge. Let's look at our Superbike class. Yeah. Because. You know, what do we have on docket? What do you think? I mean, we're not into really predicting races, but Cameron Bobier is back on the BMW. I think a big challenge for BMW because this is not the fastest racetrack we go to. There's elevation changes. There's some hard stopping and stuff. But what do you think about, you know, Josh Heron on the Ducati? You know, the Vision Wheel M4XR Suzuki team has made some strides as well. Bobier's in action. You know, M- um, the... Fresh and Lean Progressive Yamaha team is coming off of what could be deemed a miserable weekend at Road America. I mean, this is just like hit the reset button again. What do you think? Well, I think that I think that this is going to be a weekend where the experience of of you know attack is going to be a difficult team to beat. There, I think that um, don't know the I don't know the condition that Cam Peterson's wrist is in because uh, it's going to be a pretty physical track. But for Gagne, this is where he has to really. I think I think he could dominate this weekend. I really do believe that. I think that uh, for Bobier, never seeing the track before, it won't take him long to get up to speed. He'll he, it'll t- it'll be easy enough. Uh, it might be one of the harder tracks to get a good setup as far as bike setup goes to make the rider comfortable. So we'll see how comfortable they can get Cam on that bike early in the weekend. Um, so I think that when I look at stuff, I think this is going to be a great weekend for Gagne for Heron. Um, again, it's going to be a fairly smooth racetrack for the Ducati. It's a place where I can't remember how to, I can't really remember how Petrucci did even here last year. Do you remember? Say that again. I don't remember how Petrucci did here last year, last year. Nah, he was on the podium. Yeah. I think he, he did pretty well. Did it's a relatively f- smooth racetrack. Yeah. You know, which, which, which obviously suits the Ducati. And Heron, because you don't have to deal he, with he the killed it here last year. Chassis. Heron killed yes. it here last year, didn't he? In Supersport. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, it could be a good track for him. Um, Ducati seems a little bit more temperamental than the Yamaha. The Yamaha seems a little bit more cush and easier to ride. So we'll see. I think that this place doesn't give the rider any chance at all to uh, to rest. So I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a tough weekend. I, I do feel like the Yamaha boys will have the a little bit of an advantage here when they roll the bikes out of the truck. Um, but yeah, it's to be seen, I guess. And I think I think even more so in super sports going to be interesting to see how Chavi Flores gets used to this place relatively quickly. The one track that we go to also where we have locals um, like Andy Debrino is going to be on that MV Augusta. I was texting him; he got to do about 12, 13 laps on it. So you know, all of his boys up there at EDR and things have got that bike together enough to where they can race it. But they they've had some really big challenges getting that bike together. So good on them for doing that. Um, and for Andy, I think it's going to be a big weekend for him. He's got the hooligans and he's got super sport. Um, Ty Scott coming off the win at the Loudon thing. I don't know how relative that mm. is, but it could be a good weekend. For, yeah. But any wins a confidence booster, 100%, 100%, right? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and he did it with a, you know, I'm just saying what the kind of race it was with all the red flags and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't yeah. know how much he really got to it's not like he went 20 straight laps dominated or, you know, whatever, but still it's uh, this, the seven fifties yeah. are definitely coming into their own a little bit more. They're getting closer. Um, 
so for Supersport, again, I think it's, you know, Mace, you know, Mace has never been to this place, but it's got a very club racetrack feel to it. I was thinking about this last night. I'm like, great. What are the three tracks that we have on our calendar that feel a little bit club racy to you? Pit race. Yeah, pit, I guess a little bit. Yeah. Um, obviously this place. Ridge, yeah. Where, yeah. The ridge. A club race feel. Hmm. Well, you, you're, you've actually you've, you've made it more like a four thing now because I thought I thought Jersey and Brainerd. Oh yeah, totally. You know what I mean? A Brainerd club? Yeah, I suppose so. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, if, yeah, Brainerd, I if Brainerd was yeah. smooth and had if Brainerd they could fix Brainerd a little bit, it could be really really good. If it was all like one uniform surface, correct? Right? It so would be it, feels, it would be a little bit different. Yeah. I, you know, it's so funny because I didn't think about Brainerd just because I I still sometimes in my head think about the old Brainerd. The old Brainerd, yeah. You know and and. You know, and the long straightaway and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, that, that, I agree with you. It makes sense. <clears throat> I mean, but the ridge kind of has pit, a pit race. Pit race to me because you're you're outside looking, you know, you're outside looking in on the track. Yeah, and it's just kind of like the way the flow is, like the way they designed it. Right, it was more designed to be a drivers slash riders track than it was to be a venue for an event. Yeah, yeah. You know? Barber was made as a venue for an event. Road America has turned into a venue for an, you know for a race, yep. that type of thing. Yep. As opposed to you're right, Jersey. I agree totally. Yeah, I think Jersey's gonna. I think Jersey after we go to New Jersey later in the year, which is the beginning of September, because we we finish off the year this year at Coda, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, we finish no, off Jersey. Jersey. We finish Jersey. We go Jersey. to Coda, then we go to Jersey. Yeah, go to Coda early September, then Jersey. That that it's gonna go, and they're gonna start tearing the track, and it's gonna have a complete repave. Yeah. So I think that Jersey might face up to us a little bit differently after it gets repaved. I hope. Yep. But we'll see. Whatever, you know, whatever the these tracks, is. any track in the country right now, not that anybody's ever listening to us, but whatever, <laughs> whatever Road America did, every track in the country that's thinking about repaving needs to call them and go, all right, what do we, what do we do? I watched IndyCar there this week a little bit. I watched a little bit of IndyCar. <laughs> so I'm really interested now to see if the track, if it's, Torah. Oh, I forgot to text you something. Yeah. No, I bet it, dude. I, there's no way. I mean, they did such a good such job a good on that job. surface. Yep. The polymer modifiers, the the latex that's in there is too good. Like, I, I yeah. Hold on, I got I got to send you a text. Did Diffy get your real your present? Oh, he certainly did. I'm sure, he did. He did. He did, and this was his response to that, Jason. Yeah. So. It's just it's it's one of those moving photos, but it's just a photo. Yeah, perfect. So in case you don't know, we we go to Road America, and I say to the the staff there, I'm like, where does IndyCar, which obviously we're two weeks after we were there, where does IndyCar have their booth? And they said same place you guys have it. So I went to CJ LaRoche, <laughs> and I got a poster. I got him to sign a a poster that says Greg White is a better commentator than you are, Diffie. So and great. I stuck it underneath the table that we commentate on. And the guys from the staff promised that they would let him know. So I think I got that Friday. So Diffie was <laughs> was in the booth two weeks later, and then he uh, he he flipped me off. Basically, he got the poster and then flipped he's me off and dude. sent me a nice photo. Such a he's such <laughs> a good dude. I love it. <laughs> Lovely Diffie. So um, that and that's yeah. that's that's a tough joke for me, Jay, because I have a hard time like I have a hard time not giving that away. You know, like, like I fought myself texting him like, Hey man, make sure you check under the desk. I was like, Nope, stop. Just let it happen. If it happens, it happened. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yep. Yeah. It happened. Forcing the issue. It happened. But so the Ridge is going to be really interesting. All right. Let me go over it with, with all you fans or the people that have Moto America Live Plus or whatever. 
So here's what we have at the Ridge. You can expect Royal Enfield, Build Train Race. We have Revit Twins Cup. We have Super Sport. We have Medallia Superbike. And we have Mission Super Hooligans National Race. All right. So there is, there's no Junior Cup uh, at this event. And no baggers. no baggers. Yeah, no Junior Cup, no baggers at the event. But still a complete full docket of racing. On Saturday, racing gets going with Build Train Race at 1230. Hooligans launches at four o'clock. So your your super sport race will be at two o'clock West Coast and Medallia Superbikes at three o'clock West Coast. And that'll be the same thing. The difference is, is that Hooligans will finish off the day Saturday with the Medallia Superbike finishing off the day at four o'clock on Sunday. So it's build train race, Hooligans, then Twins Cup, then Super Sport, then Superbike race number two. So it's a full docket of racing. We're looking forward to it. I'm really pumped. The weather looks phenomenal. You get to go golf. I get to go shoot my bow before the weekend starts. And it's it's really good for us too, Jay. We get to focus on two classes. We'll be able to deep dive a little bit more into the field, you know, as opposed to like when we do four classes. Yep. And uh, and hopefully dig up some good stories. I think racing there is going to be pretty good. I think so too. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be tight. It is a rider's racetrack. I think setup is a really important. It's not a horsepower track. Right. But I think some people are going to be close. Our superbike field is is pretty stout this year, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I think I think all the classes will be good. Weather looks like it's going to be outstanding. I mean, what was it the first or second year we went there when it was so hot? And we've been pretty lucky. No, no, that was first or second. Maybe year. when I was riding that Ducati, hey, run, where that was last year. Last year, were mm-hmm. we were we in one of those? Where did we commentate from yeah, last so- year? We were in like a last year we commentated from one of those uh, containers. Uh, uh, yeah, from the container from a temp building. We're gonna be doing the same thing this year. Are we really? The the hot year we were in the garage. The hot year we were in the garage, remember yeah. with the swamp coolers. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It's because they have that one building in the middle and they they now they sell that building. Racing is so popular, Jay. They need that building for VIP. So we're it's the one thing the ridge just, you know, it do, it doesn't have a ton of like infrastructure. That some of the other places do. It's it's good. That building in the middle is great. The containers suck. Don't have don't they? It's pretty funny that we're in those things. Look, I don't have a problem. I know that you like to be closer to the racetrack, and I understand that, especially f- like feeling the sounds, which which sounds weird, but it creates a lot more energy in the booth. I'm okay with it. It's okay. I mean, at least it'll be. Well, it's not gonna be hot this year, but you know, if you remember, last year was hot. It was still in the 90s last year, but. But the year before, it was 118 on Sunday when I was riding my motorcycle back to the so, hotel. So Greg and I are in like a container that you would see on the back of a semi-truck that they're taking to drop somewhere. That's what we're in. We're in like, it's it's pretty wild. No, it's got windows. It's got a stuff. window a, that you can- It's a temp building. It's a temporary building. It's, but it's small. It's narrow. No, so, it's pretty tiny. Last year, I could kind of see a couple of the helmets like on track somewhere. Like- yeah. So what Greg's saying for me, I like to be able to. I stand up, don't I? A lot of times, I'll stand up and commentate. A the lot race of times, I, yeah, for energy. I'll be sitting there and I stand up, and it's just it's a little easier for me and uh, than sitting. And I like to see, I like to be able to look around and see outside and what's going on and who's doing what. And the ridge is the only track. I think it's the only track where I've never been able to do that because the first year we were in the in the building, like you said, the very first year, and then we went to building the, in the middle of the paddock, yeah, away from the racetrack, away from the racetrack, so then we in the garage. Then in the container, so this is year four. It's so wild, yeah. So we're we'll be in a container somewhere if you guys are looking for us. But with that said, Jay, with that said, the only th- the ridge is like a road Atlanta, right? You you can only really see coming down the hill, front straightaway, and then you lose them in turn one, which is pretty far down the hill. Correct. So it's not like you know 
barber when we're high up you can see 80 you could probably see almost every bit of the track there yeah so best but i, best I understand booths that greg yeah. and i have ever been in are daytona mm-hmm. like first year we went uh, to daytona up high we we're up at the very yeah. top and uh indy yeah. oh indy was amazing indy booth was good yeah because yeah, we we're we're going into our the next two booths that we're in are our two worst i feel the Ridge and Laguna. I don't mind them, but I mean, they're not really booths, right? They're just a temporary building, yeah. and then we go to, what's the race after Laguna. This? Laguna Seca. Oh, we go to the, I don't mind those buildings. Actually, last year, we had a bigger one, so yeah, we had a bigger space there. It yeah, was that was cool. okay. It was all right. So, anyways, I, I'm, I'm like still a big fan, so I like to be able to, I think one of the first things I ever was taught in the booth from G-Dub and whoever else was call what you see on TV, and I do that. But I like to get the feel of what's going on outside too. I like to be able to see things. And there'll be times when Greg and I will have our eye on another race that's happening somewhere else that we're not not covering. And he'll either tap me or I'll tap him or we'll see something that, you know. Yeah, like the battle for six. It just catches our eye or something. something, You know what I mean? So it does does help. But if you're coming up to the ridge, make sure you come say hi. Hopefully the weather, like I said, is going to be perfect. Greg and I will be around. So we just do super sport and super bike this weekend. But that'll still be a busy weekend for us. I mean, it's it's hard when you have weekends like we had at Road America where we got Junior Cup and Baggers. That's, we that's got a, a we got a couple one. more of those. So we got a couple more of those um, left this year. So this one this one's still going to be busy and uh, beautiful part of the country. I got some friends coming up. That'll be that'll be fun. And uh, look, we we'll hope to see everybody up there. And we got the Ridge. We got Assen. Motocross is back in play. A lot of things going on. It's all kicking off, everybody. We'll talk to you this time next week. See you.